Hi there, pinball fans. It's your favorite clown, Krusty, and you're listening to Norman Shaggy on the Topcast, the greatest pinball show ever made. Ugh. Can I get my money now? I'm such a whore. You're listening to Topcast, this old pinball's online radio. For more information, visit them anytime. www.marvin3m.com slash topcast. Well, here we are, Norm. Yeah, here we are. We're reaching uh, places all over the world. Australia, Zimbabwe, and even parts of Korea. <laughs> so here we are. We're coming from the Department of Nostalgic Games. Because Norm lives in the past. That's what he does. That is true. And I'm going to really irritate you because i got a scab on my leg and a pick on it. That's nice, and we can all see that in the webcam too. We can see your your scabby leg. Here it is. Flick it on the No, 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 you're not. I'll put it in my pocket for you. No, no, you're not. So, anyways, Norm, any uh, any good stories you got for us this week? Uh, I had a stent pulled out. I don't think we want to go into talking about the stent taken out of my urinary tract. No. Anyways, you talked about that last time. Really, really don't need to hear that. Okay, well, you know, Norm, let's do what we love to do, the the part of the show that you seem to enjoy the most. Do you know what that is? Uh, Taking calls from people? No. And now Uh, it's time for the old game's favorite game game of the week. Game of the week, Norm. So I'm going to, everybody, direct themselves to the webcam because what I'm going to do is I'm going to set up the webcam for our game of the week. And while I'm doing that, Norm is going to entertain us with a. Short song and a story. Oh, am I? Yeah, you're putting me on the spot while you sit there and uh, do what you do to yourself. Are we taking calls today? Yes, we are, but I have to do uh, Game of the Week right now. Well, then uh, I don't want to really sing any songs or do anything, because all you people are going to do is get irritated. Um, this better not take too long. That says you don't have any other stories for us? Your, your entertainment value is, is, is going down the toilet. How about our competitors? Are they still on the radio, or have we bumped them all off? No, they to still be, you know, doing what it is that they do. That's good. I think there's room for everybody. We should link them all together and have one time where everybody's on and everybody can get bored together. Okay. There we go. So what we got now, if everybody directs themselves to the, the webcam, is uh, our game of the week. And this is a 1973 Williams gun game. And we picked this because Norm seems to like gun games. It's called Williams Ambush. Um, it's a big one. Yeah, it is a big one. It's got a really deep cabinet. Um, probably they, they changed the from the prior year they had a smaller gun game cabinet. But this one is a uh, model, you know, with Vietnam War in mind. It's a monster. Yeah, it's that a, was kind of that was kind of weird to have that at that time. Yeah, and it was uh, definitely not um, politically correct because you shoot uh, people of certain descent, as that may be, with a machine gun. With a machine up. gun, that's really cool because it has a uh, in the machine gun. It's got like a kickback. You know, it's got a solenoid that fires. So as you're firing, the the guns like you know you can feel it in your in your armpit. Matter of fact, my son, when he plays it, says, you know, it hurts. Um, so, so could you actually go to war now if you're in war and use this Thompson submachine gun and kill people if you want to? Yeah, that's what it looks like. It looks like a Thompson. Like here I'm showing it. Here we are. I'm, showing, I'm shooting the gun. 
and you can see you can see the red flash in the gun barrel as you shoot it the the gun barrel flashes red which is really kind of cool i think dale's got one of those doesn't you know so it's really a cool gun game i mean it's mindless fun here we are playing it okay you can see the helicopter and whenever you hit something the lights flash in the background it really kind of gives you the idea that you're actually killing things you know like there's you know when you hit things uh, the light actually flashes this is great fun i mean yeah, it's, a pre- it's a precursor to the video games nowadays that these kids play and uh and all the mindless killing and maiming that everyone does right right but i i really enjoy it i mean it's just mindless silly fun and you get uh it's shots you get like a thousand shots or something like that and if you get past the high score or past the set score, 2000. it'll give you more. It'll give you like another thousand shots or five hundred shots. But it's like uh, you know, a minute of mayhem. Mayhem. Yep. Yep. And the guys, when you shoot the little men, they kind of bounce up and down like you're hitting them. Okay. And uh, here, here's the here's the game from the side to kind of give you a little bit of an idea of, of how big it is. But anyways, maybe we could know. do a show on politically incorrect games like this one and Happy Gang and. Minstrel Man and all the great games in the past that uh, yeah, Norm, Norm they would never make again. Norm, yeah, Norm likes these these games that are, are a picture of our society. Exactly. You know, they are a lot of fun. I mean, and and they are kind of neat. You know, but anyways, you know that that's it for this week's game game, game of the week. week. That's it for this week's game of the week. Okay. So, anyways, the next thing we're gonna we're gonna pull up is uh, tech tip of the week. Okay, so Norm, you got any good tech tips, tech tips for us? Um, yeah, always keep everything clean in the in your shop. Don't have stuff laying around where you can trip and fall and electrocute yourself or burn your eyes or hands. Or you should have ventilation in there too when you're doing your soldering. Okay, that was Norm's useless tech tip of the week. Uh, I'm going to give you one that is probably uh, would work out a little better. Um, Say, for instance, you're having reset problems on a WPC game, be it Adam's Family or, worse yet, uh, Twilight Zone. Um, and you've done all the normal, uh, the normal things. You've changed the BR2 bridge. You've changed its associated filter capacitor. You've even gone so far as to replace connector J101, which is a good idea. And... Um, You've also replaced the LM323 voltage regulator for the 5 volts. But you still get this thing when you press the flippers, the game resets. So then you go down to the power box, which is the metal box where the uh, on-off switch is mounted in the, you know, in the game. And there's a thing called a thermistor, which is basically a little timed resistor. It, it, it has, like, I don't know, a couple ohms of... of of resistance as you turn the game on, but within like 10 or 20 seconds as it warms up, the resistance drops down to zero. And what that does is it um, allows the, uh, it prevents less of a shock to the bridge rectifiers when you turn the game on to try and try and save their life. They only did that on WPC and WPCS, by the way. They abandoned that with WPC95. But anyways, you take an alligator clip and you go over the thermistor so that it's essentially not in the circuit, and you're still getting resets. So... You, you've done everything. You've even disconnected your dot matrix display and maybe your soundboard to see if those things are pulling the 5 volts down, and it's the game is still resetting. So what do you do next, Norm? Uh, you go to marvin3m.com and you look this problem up. No, 
because this this solution that we're about to discuss isn't, isn't in, in that, isn't in there. Well, I think you should put it in there. Well, let's also say you, another thing you should have done is check your wall voltage, too, to make sure that you've got 120 volts. I mean, if you've got like 110 or, or you know, even under, I'd say under 115, you're probably in some trouble. But let's say that all that stuff checks checks out okay. Norm, you got any other I ideas? Would, I would ask Drex to. <laughs> yeah, and, and actually, this is something that, uh, you know, probably came from that route. Um what you can do is the LM323 is actually a variable voltage regulator, which means it's by default puts out 5 volts, but it can also put out other voltages too, up to 7 or 8 volts. So how do you adjust this thing so that it steps up the voltage just a little bit so you don't get these resets? How do you, you know how to do that, Norm? Uh, a little screwdriver. No. No, what you do is I, I take a 32-ohm half-watt resistor, and I put it, there's two screws that, that connect the casing of the LM323 to ground. And what you do is you isolate those two screws. And you're, you're going to have to, like, do a little trace cutting on the back of the board. And you route the case of the LM323 to ground through this 32-ohm, not 32K, but 32-ohm half-watt resistor. And what this does is it tells the LM323 to actually raise its output voltage just ever so slightly. If you use more resistance, you could bump the thing up to 7 volts, but we don't want to do that. I want it to come in at about 5.1 volts instead of its, typically I see it's usually 4.95. So if you just bump this up just a, a smidget, just a hair, um, I find that the reset problem goes away. Now, I've even seen people where they re-jump their game for low voltage and that, and this problem basically you know, solves all those problems. You don't need to do that. And why would you have to do this? You know, sometimes components, you know, on the board, you know, as they get older, they may consume more power or whatever. And, and just, you know, the age and the manufacturer and that, it's just kind of a neat little trick to uh, bump up the voltage just a smidget to like 5.1 volts so that those um, those flipper resets just kind of go away. And it works really, really neat. I, I, it's the last thing you should ever do. I should make that clear. It certainly isn't the first thing you should do. You should do all the other things that we talked about and then some as is referred in the um, marvin3m.com slash WPC um, repair guide. But, you know, that's kind of a neat trick when everything else has, has failed you. But anyways, that's so who our... who told you this? You know, what do you mean? Who, why do you always think somebody tells me these things? I don't think you just sit there and invent these things. Well, why can't I do any research? You probably can, but uh, I'm sure you, you can't take the credit for everything. Mm, why not? Because then people get mad at you, like that... Uh, Guy out in Arizona. We won't start with him. Tech tip, tech tip of, the of, week. of the week. Anyways, that's our tech tip of the week. So now we're going to move on, and we're going to do Trent's play of He's throwing stuff on my back. Uh, we're going to do Trent's play of the week. Now, Trent Augustine is ranked number five in the world as all pinball players and competitive professional pinball players. So who's number one? Uh, you know, is I don't Lyman? No, Lyman is actually number two. Oh, I forget. Um, I think Keith is number one. Keith, um, I forget his last name. He's out of California, I believe. He's number one. Lyman's number two. Um, but anyways, Trent is our uh, comes up and does our play of the week every week. So we get him on the phone, and let's see if we can do that. Let's call up Trent. Is he calling from the cave? Okay, we're getting to get Trent, and here he is with our play of the week. Let it rip, Trent. 
we're with Trent for play of the week. Trent, what uh, what's the play of the week this week? Well, I was thinking of going over the rule set for uh, Captain Fantastic. You know, fairly popular, well, they're getting from the uh, the classic seventies. Yeah, the classic nineteen seventy six Valley EM Captain Fantastic. Tell me about it, Trent. That's it. That's it. Okay, tell me, tell me what you got. Well, the first thing you want to do is uh, try to keep the ball over the top of the play field. Uh, you mean two, at the three top? Three up there. Is A the one on the right? Is B the one in the middle? Is for the gate. Uh, so the first two things you want to do is you want to get the A rollover and the B rollover to light the double bonus. Uh, bonus is a pretty big scoring opportunity in that game. And then the third thing you want to do is light the uh, center rollover, which will open the gate on the right-hand side. It just saves the ball from the out lane. Oh, right, right. It, it, it closes the right out lane, correct. Sorry. Yes, it closes the right out lane. Okay. Uh, so, and you can only do that when they're lit. And so those will alternate when they're lit. So basically, I just keep shooting up there until get them lit. Uh, at that point, uh, you want to knock down the drop targets. Uh, the first time you do that, you get points. The second time you do that, you're going to get the extra ball lit. Uh, so once you get the extra ball lit, it's on the right in lane. So if you've got the gate open and you've got the right in lane lit, uh, generally what I try to do is get the ball on the left flipper and uh, hold the right flipper in so the upper right flipper is up and then shoot the ball under the right flipper and let go of the button at the same time to basically caught the ball underneath the upper right flipper. Now at that point, press the button uh, to release the ball. The ball should fall down and go right into the right uh, in lane to give you the extra ball. Now if something major happens and you miss or whatever, it'll, if it goes into the out lane, as long as you got the gate open, no problem. Relight the gate, try it again. Right. Okay. And is this a rinse and repeat situation? Well, you can only get one extra ball in an EM, as you know, Clay. So, uh, you know, once you've got that extra ball lit, um, basically you want to get your bonus up to its max, which I believe was 15, which with double bonus would give you 30. Um, right. At this point, you know, you can keep shooting drop targets if you want, or just, you know, keep shooting it up to the top and just breaking in points. And have you, you ever uh, that point. Have you ever used this trick in, in any sort of competition, or is this game just... Uh, as long as it depends on whether they've got extra balls enabled. If extra balls are enabled, yeah, absolutely. Because extra balls are huge in EMs. Right. The other thing you can do on some Captain Fantastics, uh, you can do an alley pass, uh, also known as shafting in the in lane, where you've got the ball on the left flipper and you hit the hit the button for the left flipper as late as possible, shooting the ball up the right in lane. And uh, on Captain Fantastics, since it's got a gate, what will happen sometimes is it will force the gate open, and if that happens, the gate will stay open because the EM doesn't know the difference. That's another way of, uh, of getting the gate open, although it's a little bit more dangerous than getting the top rollover. Oh, you're saying that what you're doing is you actually force the return gate open, and because it's an EM, that gate will stick open as soon as it's it's forced open. Yep, that's correct. Okay, so it's the same thing as hitting that top rollover lane without hitting the top rollover lane. Yeah, exactly. Very cool. That's a neat trick. I like that. Yeah, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And you can do that on any gate, any games that have a gate. Uh, depending on where the hinge for the gate is, depends on how easy it is to get that gate open on a uh, on an in-lane shot. Right, right. Very cool. And um, that's that's a neat trick. I, I mean, have you ever gotten a, what's like a high score on Captain Fan for you? Well, if you're playing with extra balls and three-ball play, you know, you can get two, three hundred thousand. 
no problems, huh? And, you know, Captain Fantastic is cool because it's got an over-the-top buzzer. Right, right. When it goes over 100,000, it goes really obnoxious. Yep, yep exactly. Yep, yep. yep. I'm sure you'll explain to your listeners how the uh, over-the-top buzzer works. Well, basically, there's a relay that as soon as the... Um, as soon as the score reel goes over 999,000, uh, it closes a relay that's called the delay relay, and it uses a 455 flasher bulb to hold that relay in. And you'll actually see it. It's weird. There's like actually a lamp socket on the relay with this light bulb in it, and people look at that, and they, they either have the wrong light bulb in it. For instance, if you put a regular... 47 in the relay will stay on forever and the buzzer will buzz till the end of time it's really obnoxious but it's supposed to be a 455 that's a flasher so that it only stays on for you know a few seconds and then the flasher turns off and that disengages the relay and then that's it you know it's only on for uh you know a few moments and that includes the buzzer so yeah that was a pretty neat uh, pretty neat trick yeah it's kind of a low-tech timing device uh very neat trick all right, well, that's Trent's play of the week. That's very cool. Thank you, Trent. Hey, no problem, Clay. All right. All right, well, hey, that was uh, Trent, who's uh, Trent's play of the week. That's always a good thing. I like Trent. You know, how do you feel about him there, Killer? He's a good guy. Yeah, he is a good guy. He's a good guy. Okay, now um, we're going to do our, our ever-so-popular. And now it's time for Stump a Chump. Chump. As you know, every week we uh, we take callers at the second half of the show that have um, uh, technical issues with their games, and we give them advice as to uh, you know what you know we think should fix the game. And you know we did that last week, and actually last week was a fiasco. Um, somebody called with a uh, a Tommy game, uh, Data East Tommy with the blinders. And I, I had never worked on that before, Norm, and, and I, I tried to solve that problem with the phone, and it turns out I really gave some, I think, some pitiful advice. But, um, and actually a caller then called in afterwards correcting me, which really throws uh, salt in the wound. There's nothing wrong with that. But anyway. You can't be right on everything. Well, let's, uh, let's, go, let's, re, let's go step back, and let's revisit what we talked about last week. And um, we'll, we're going to call up our, our gentleman and see uh, uh, exactly what uh, what the deal is. If you know if he got the problem fixed, here we go. Let's go back. Let's go back in time. I got a question week. for you regarding the Tommy. The blinders uh, don't they, work. They don't work at all in test mode or uh, anything that I try and do to them. It worked when I got the machine uh, prior to me. Uh, Shopping the darn thing, so apparently I suck at shopping the machine. Do you really want it to work again, or do you really care? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's obviously one of the better features of Tommy, I would think. Yeah. Oh, right, I guess you want it to work. I, I uh, have actually never fixed a Tommy, um, Tommy, Tommy set of blinders. I'm going to let Norm answer this yeah. question. Hey, you cut a wire somewhere by mistake. You see the pins are uh, properly uh, soldered all the way? Yeah, I actually uh, re-soldered the header from the car. was a, a slight recap of what we did last week and what we're going to do is we're going to call this guy up and we're going to see exactly what uh what his solution was let's hope i think that the key is that uh 
the thing worked until he fixed it. Took it apart. You mean until he shopped the game? Pretty much. Yep. It gives you a big clue on what's wrong with it. Man, let's see. We're not getting through. Oh, yeah, it's ringing. Hello? Yes, is this the Mr. Data East blinder owner? Uh, yes, this is the Tommy guy. The Tommy guy, the Tommy guy. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Okay. Sounds like you guys are getting an ice storm up there, huh? Yeah, we're getting an ice storm. That's why we're doing the show today on Saturday instead of our usual show on Sunday. Um, Norm, who you know likes to drive out for the shows, and if, if at all possible, and uh, yeah, work today. Yeah, he he had eighty mile drive here today. Yeah, he had a um, a big ice storm coming, so we moved the show up a day. I thought you Northerners know how to drive in that stuff. We do, but Norm Norm is from uh, Boston, and and I don't, he's got normally has a chauffeur. I got studded tires. Yeah, but anyway, so let's uh, you know we we played uh, our uh, our tech advice from last week, and I know it was a bit of a fiasco, but it turns out did you fix the game? Yeah, the blinders now work. Okay. And ironically, when I have the blinders out, I play better, so maybe I'm channeling Tommy or something. There you go. But um, basically, after your guys' advice, you know. Um, I kind of started second and triple guessing myself. I was like, you know what? It's been a couple months since I looked at it uh, real closely. So uh, I went back and started to look at that little blinder board again and realized that while last week I said I reflowed the um, header pins on it, I realized that I only had reflowed the uh, ones that went to the servo board. Uh, it was a little three-prong one. Uh, like the second caller said, that one has a sensing wire and the other two are... Oh, the one that actually goes to the servo motor, you mean? Correct, yeah, the servo motor. Okay. Um, so I started looking at it a little closer, and uh, at, at the time I tried to repair it last time, I had one of those really cheap-ass Radio Shack soldering irons. And uh, since then, I've gotten a real nice one, one of those Weller 5.1s or WE 5.1s or whatever. And I, I kind of know something like the big header, there's like seven or eight pins that feed that little servo board, the power, and and all the other wires that come from the, the CPU board, the driver board. And they didn't look like they had ever been reflowed. So I kind of was just kind of going over everything that I'd already done. I had re, uh, went back and I sucked most of the old solder off just to be safe and then put new solder on it, plugged the board back up, and the sucker started working on it. So huh, let me get this right. Norm gave you the right advice to re-solder the header pins. Yeah, and, you know, just goes to show too that it's all good pinball repair guys. You go back and revisit the stuff that you've already done a second time. Sometimes you'll you'll find out you screwed up yourself the first time. So I, I can't believe Norm came through in the pinch of all people. You know, how, how do you feel, Norm? I don't know. I mean, I I think I have some intelligence. You may not think so, but uh, you know, it's just a matter of if you keep doing these things over and over. Um, you're going to develop a sense of logic. I think everybody does that. If I keep praying for the lotto numbers over and over and over, you, you think I'm going to get them? I'm trying. It's not working. Yeah, not at all. All right, well, we appreciate you letting us call you back for Stump the Chump. Um, I appreciate the help in making me second-guess myself. That it works. <laughs> no, I mean, you just have confidence in yourself, and, uh, you know, sometimes you got to back-check. Some of the logic was it was working and it didn't. That's the whole key there. Why wasn't it working after... Uh, you know, after it was working, what did you do? Of course, when Norm, you know, Norm, right after I shopped the thing, so I thought thought I uh, 
messed up majorly and blew something up or something. Well, that's what Norm would have done. Well, that's why I figured. I said, did you cut a wire? Because that's what I would do. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much. We appreciate you letting us call you back. Thank you much. All right. Take care. Norm, I, I, I just I can't believe you, you actually did that. You get the Norm gets the applause. Do I get a shirt from Tim James Journal? No, but Norm gets the applause. Meanwhile, for my incorrect answers, oh, crap. that's what I get. Well, even a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then. <laughs> that's pretty good. Even a blind squirrel. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, you know, next up on our uh, our fine thing is um, we've got Corn's Conundrum. And um, before I start Corn's Conundrum, we need to, we need to, to dice out the 800 number so people can get ready to call in. Okay, because they can win a prize. And we've got some really keen, kick-ass prizes this week. The phone number this week is 1-800. That's our 1-800 number for the week. No code. So anyways, let's, uh, let's, let's get rolling now with... Um, Just when you thought it was safe to go back into the arcade. Hi, people, it's the Corn, and welcome to this week's version of the Conundrum. Here's how the game works. I give five clues about a game's identity. Then it's up to the listeners, that's you, to call in and guess what game it is. Pretty simple, right? If nobody gets it, I keep giving more and more clues until someone nails it. What is this week's prize, Shaggy? I have a, a sundry of Cliffy protectors. I mean, this guy sent me like a dozen different ones for different games, so you get your Cliffy All protectors. Alright, let's play. Clue number one. Since last week was a BMW game, this week we're, di- we're having a game that was not designed by Bally, Midway, or Williams. It's designed by... Clue number two. Red is a very predominant color in this game's artwork and playfield. Red. Clue number three. They produced more than 1,000, but less than 5,000 of this machine. Oh, that helps. Clue number four. The theme of this game is planes, trains, and tanks. And clue number five. Here's some of the sounds from this game that I sort of hacked together. Eagle Tree, you are cleared for takeoff. Let's take out that power plant. Destroy all plastic targets. Sounds like a video game. <laughs> it's not. I think I, this was on. I'm on my way. Location I was in school. Think you know what it is? Hell no. Then call in. Shaggy, give them the phone number just in case they forgot. One eight hundred. Anyways, um, it, you know I have to give a further hint too. It is a timed game, or it can be run as a timed game, and um, and it was made by Gottlieb. Give me another cigarette. Yeah. No one seems to be calling. Either we're not being listened to or this is a tough one. This one actually is kind of tough. This one is tough, so we're going to play another hint. Clue number six. It's a Ray Tanzer design masterpiece. Oh, that really helps, too. Is it Flip a Clown? Clue number seven. This is the last alphanumeric game from, okay, we'll just say it, Gottlieb. Oh, that's a big hit. Let me get my book out. <laughs> Clue number eight. This game has a Mixmaster-like device on the play field. Uh, does that mean I can be a DJ? 
No, I don't think so. Clue number nine. This is the first time that Gottlieb used smart switches on the play field. Oh, man. Oh, this has everybody stumped. I got cliffy protectors, too, out the wazoo. I got cliffy protectors. Way cliffy protectors. Okay, let's go for the last one. Uh, clue number 10, the game name starts with an O. Think you know what it is? Then call in. Shaggy, give him the phone number just in case they've forgotten. 800. And we got a caller. We have a caller. Hello, how you doing? Good. This is Scott Freeman calling from Westland. Scott Freeman, how you doing, Scott? I'm doing terrific, and you? Good, now you think you have this game nailed? I hope so. Okay, and wait, okay. We want to go real slow it on this. Me, I had it in the first five clues, but it took me a while to get the phone number in. Why? I wrote down the wrong number. <laughs> That's all right. That'll do it. Okay, what is the name of the game? And Well, we know the manufacturer's Gottlieb. What's the name of the game? Operation Thunder. That is correct. Wow. Give him oh. a rim shot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Operation Thunder. Who would have ever known? It was at Expo this year, and someone brought it from the uh, Pinball Mafia, if I recall. Oh, that's just unbelievable. I can't, you know, I, I would have never known, you know, Operation Thunder. That's very good. Okay, so we've got a bag of cliffy protectors here. Wonderful. Let me see, what uh, What do you need a cliffy protector for? And I'll see if I got it. Um, oh, my God. Hyper-thin Star Trek Next Gen. Let me help you. Got it. Wonderful. Okay, it's yours. Send me an email, shaggy at marvin3m.com. And... And it's yours. And it's yours. Excellent. So, do you need any others? Uh, I won't be greedy. Spread them around. You can take one more. <laughs> Come on. What do you got that for? They were revenge from Mars. Uh, hyper thin. I don't know if I got that one. I got two monster bashes. You got a monster bash? Nope. We'll save that for me. You don't have a monster. No one wants all my other games got cliffies. That was the last two that missing a. Missing all right. Well, we'll send you that one. That's good. Send me an email with uh, with the one you want and your and your address, and I'll get that in the mail to you. Thanks a lot, guys. Okay. Thank you. Thank See you, you so much. Okay. That's corn's corn's great conundrum. Okay. So now, what we're going to do is we're going to take uh, we're going to take callers for the second half of the show. I'm going to give you the 800 number, and then we're going to run some ads. Uh, please call in with your questions, any kind of questions, electromechanical or solid state, anything about pinball. All right, Norm? And the 800 number is 1-800. Okay, oh. and uh, while we're doing that, waiting for that to ramp up, we got to go to and do a couple commercials. This portion of TopCast is brought to you by Marco Specialties, your pinball parts superstore. TopCast is brought to you by Marco Specialties, your pinball parts superstore. Visit their website at marcospecialties.com. You can search for parts by game name, game make, or part number. Marco Specialties was founded in 1985 and is headquartered in Lexington, South Carolina. They specialize in pinball parts, supplies, books, and anything pinball. Marco has been online since 1996 and is the web's oldest and largest pinball parts supplier. Their new 12,000-square-foot distribution center services 25,000 customers in over 50 countries. Feel free to call Marco Specialties at 803-957-5500. Marco Specialties, your pinball parts superstore at marcospecialties.com. Top guest is 
brought to you by Pinball Life. Give your pinball machine new life with parts from Pinball Life. We ship pinball parts worldwide. Pinball Life is located in the great city of Chicago. Their phone number is 773-202-8758. We have an open door policy and you're welcome to call us with your questions and concerns. 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday. Their website is at pinballlife.com. Pinball Life. No hassles, just the parts you need fast. Okay, we're back, and we got Roger on the phone from Columbus. Is that what you said, Roger? Correct. Okay. And, Roger, you got a, an EM game? What's, uh, what can we help you with on what EM game? Uh, I have a 1972 Valley Time Zone that uh, I have uh, the 10 uh, coil in the back and the 100 coil in the back. But they go down, and then they stay energized. You mean as soon as you turn the game on or as soon as you start a game? Uh, as soon as I start a game, it used to be the thousand point um, switches weren't turnover, and then I got in there was tinkering around a little bit. Now the thousand um, points will score, and the real will turn over. But when I press on the tens and the hundreds, the uh, score reel won't turn over, and also the slingshot um, uh, bumpers work. They'll kick the ball out, but they don't uh, score. The, well, the top two and the top. Well, the top two on the right and the top two on the left won't do anything at all. Okay. Um, now, this is, uh, what was the name of Bally? What was it again? Time? Time Zone. Time Zone. So this is the one that's got that little tunnel, right? Yeah. It, 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 it's kind of a cool effect. It's kind of like a, a um, I don't know, it's like maybe three inches wide at the top. A uterus? It, yeah. And it keeps going down to a smaller thing, and then there's a motor with a light. And if you do the skill shot and get it in the top kickout hole... It'll give you the points either, you know, 1,000, 2,000 to 5,000. It's kind right. of a really neat effect. Um, and your your game is the two-player version, right? Right, yeah, the four-player space-time. Right, right, four-player space-time. Okay, yeah, I'm familiar with the game. Um, I would say, here's a tip. When you turn the game on, right when you know the game's off, you flip the switch. Does it go ding right when you turn it on? I mean, do you hear uh, No, it just. Uh, it uh, resets the uh, everything resets back to zero. No, not when you start a game. When you actually turn the game on, when you actually um, like the, the game's dead and you hit the power switch and come on, do you hear a ding? You know, like from one of the chimes. No. Okay. That, a lot of times, if you hear that ding when you turn it on on Bally games, what it means is one of the playfield switches stuck. is is stuck closed. You know, okay. did, have you recently re-rubbered the game? Um. They're fairly fresh, but it's been about a year. Okay, okay, okay. I, you know, I. It really sounds to me like you've got a playfield switch or two stuck. It sounds like you've got. Um, what are the units that aren't advancing? The hundred and the thousands. Um, no, the tens and the hundreds. The coils in the back box. Once they go down, they're activated. They stay um, energized. Right. And okay. they won't kick over the coil. So right. That's that's what a friend of mine told me that uh, it could be a stuck switch. So, so I just get in there and just try one each individually or, or try to separate the... Uh, well, what I would do is uh, I turn the game on, but don't start a game. And then I would take, if it's easy, take the rubber off, all the the things that you don't have to remove any screws to take it off. And what that do is it'll relax the switches out and then just try the game again and see if they're still stuck on. Because... What I suspect is, is like your friend said, that the um, 
that you got a couple play field switches that are stuck. That you know when the ball hit it hit something hard and it just happened to bend the the switches close or they get stuck. Sometimes the plastics warp a little bit and the top of the leaf switches gets get um, stuck on the top edge of the plastic. That's real common. Um, something like that. You so know, it something could be a wire foam rollover. Yeah, ro- yeah, exactly. A, 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 a wire roll. Oh, and the other thing, like, is I can't remember if this game has it. Like, if you've got a, a bally with the rollover, like the star rollover guides, you know what I mean? They're in the play field, yeah. little star. If you've got any of those or any buttons in the play field, check all those. Yeah, check all those because those really like to um, contaminated with dirt and then they uh yeah they get dirt from the top side of the play field and what you can do is just stick a business card between the switch but give that a whirl and we'll give you a call back next week see if you can stump the chumps okay, okay. i'll uh, i'll get it working i had one other quick question for you i'm getting a uh, em kit from uh, steve young as far as uh a uh, you know uh oh hell uh files how do I differentiate which is the Flexstone file and which is the other file as far as... Well, you're only going to get in that kit a Flexstone and a metal file. Right. Um, and the Flexstone is going to be the one that flexes. It's like a it's non-conductive. Yeah, it's like, it looks like sandpaper. And the metal file, of course, will be rigid. Double-ended sandpaper. Yeah, and, uh, and you'll get some contact adjusters, too, in that kit, too. So it should be pretty straight. You're going to use the Flexstone for basically everything but the cabinet... Uh, flipper switches and the flipper and the stroke switches. Okay. Everything else will basically you, you'll be using the flex stone on. Wonderful. Thank you, gentlemen. Okay. All right. Well, good luck. And we'll uh, send me an email and let me know how that uh, how that uh, worked if you were able to figure it out. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thank, thank you. Thanks for coming. Bye. All right, Norm. Well, what'd you think about that, Norm? Well, it's just basic uh, EM repair. You gotta. You gotta. Go ahead and investigate, read. You gotta get a feel for these things. You know, there could be another thing on the. Sometimes on the um, on the score reels, there's a uh, a switch that opens up that releases the relay when there's um, um, uh, you know, when it scores a point. And sometimes that switch breaks too. It could be that too. But we got another caller. Let's uh, take him on. We used to clean those score reels too. How you doing? Hi, you're on the air. Yeah, how you doing? Hi, what's your first name? Kevin. Kevin, where are you from, Kevin? Uh, pretty good. How you doing? Good. And where are you from? Uh, I'm out in uh, Santa Maria, California. Good. And what's uh, you got a game? What what kind of game? Uh, well, no, I'm just calling in from the last caller who uh, is having problems with the EM. With his uh, with his bally. Yeah. Okay. And, and the hundred and the ten stays energized all the time. Right. I just had a thought. It may not have anything to do with it, but uh, if I remember right, some of those games have uh, in the actual score reels themselves. When the uh, the unit yeah, when it energizes, there's a switch that opens up that releases the relay. Exactly. Yeah, so, we were just talking about that. Me and Norm were just, right after he hung up. Okay. Because you guys got a delay. There's like a thirty second delay of what we say. Yeah. You know, so you probably would be hearing it right about now on the uh, on the on the uh, on oh, the cast. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we were just talking about that. Okay. Well, usually, what happens with those switches is they um, break. They break so that they're always open. So yeah. it, it doesn't become as much of a problem as if they're stuck permanently closed and they and they never open that. Now way. he'd he'd be able to know that though because if he were to feel each one of the the ten and hundred point uh, coils on the actual index reel and the score reel themselves, if that's happening, there should be one staying energized all the time. So not only is the the point relays sticking closed, but he should also have some score reels that are sticking closed. 
Right, you mean the 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 relay that controls it and yeah, it's it's always going to be in that kind of that pair. You're always going to get one and the other. Yeah, uh, ask him yeah. when when you turn a game on or when you start a game if he sees a ten and a hundred points instantly indexed. Those are the ones that are probably sticking. Right, and that's that's exactly that's what I was trying to tell him when he turned the game on. If it if it you get the ding, that's the same thing because that's um, uh, the, the yeah. same symptom. Yeah, it would be the same thing. You could watch. I, I guess I should tell people to watch the score reels and see if, the, like you yeah, said, if you they go. move, because everybody's chimes don't always work. Well, you guys have a great show. Enjoy listening to it. All right, man. Thanks for your help. We right, appreciate too. it. Bye. So, yeah, Norm, what would you think? Well, 1-800, um, and uh, we're ready to take any any more calls. Well, it's nice people calling in trying to help help everybody out. Yeah. No, it was uh, the guy definitely had uh, a good uh, good advice. Yeah. Lots of lots of good EM people out there. Um, you know, we, we like to. Uh, I like the EM games. I like to work on them. They're they're really rewarding. I, I find them really rewarding to work on. Yeah, it's uh, amazing how you can take a dead EM game that's been in a barn or in a basement for years. I picked up a game from the couple of games from the 30, 30s, some flipperless games. Uh, one was a uh, velodrome uh, thriller from uh, Keeney. And, you know, you, you can just go in there and resurrect a dead game like Lazarus, you know. Yeah, it's fun. All right, well, uh, if anyone wants to call, our number is 1-800. We're going to run a commercial right now. Pins and Vids Episode 2, Attack of the Phones, is now available at pinsandvids.com. It's the best Pins and Vids yet. Double the fun and half the underwear of the first episode. Surely to be nominated for an Oscar for the best use of fake phones in a niche video or best special effects during a dream sequence. Worth much, much more than the six dollars, including shipping and selling price. It's worth at least seven or seven fifty. Get your copy now at pinsandvids.com. And now for a word from our lawyer. The entire sale price goes to the Pinball Hall of Fame. First episode also available. Some pinball machines were hurt during the filming of the Pins and Vids, but they were old. Get your deranged DVDs on Coin Up Goodness now. Hi, my name is the Corn, and if I had any of my hearing, I definitely would listen to the Top Cat. Hi, this is Rick Swanson. If you want to have an enhanced TopCast listening experience, then do as I do. Listen to the show while physically inside a Gottlieb Wedgehead machine. By doing so, you'll experience all the sights, sounds, and smells of pinball while listening to Norm and Shaggy. Hey, who started the friggin' game? Hello out there, I'm in here. Please don't fire any coils. Shut the damn machine off. Okay, we're back, and we got we got a caller. Uh, I'm sorry, what was your name again? Hi, this is Craig in Baltimore. Craig in Baltimore. And Craig, you've got a Gottlieb Stargate? Yes, I do. Okay, fire away. What do you got? Okay, I've got the hovercraft that is, or the glider craft is pooched. When you go into glider cap mode, it comes out like it's supposed to. It goes side to side once and then stops dead. Now, it doesn't affect the gameplay. I know it's just eye candy, but I sort of would like it to work correctly. It's a nice feature of the game, actually. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Now, there's limit switches for the right and left, and also I believe there's a centering switch. Did yes. You, did you check those? Yes, I did. They all seem to work. They worked and you went in test, a, and uh, you went into switch test and made sure they worked. Yes, I did. Okay. Okay. Now and the one at the very back that is the, I believe there's only the one that goes to the far left. 
Okay. And, and you checked that? Yes, I did. But it, someone, the previous owner, had had built it up so it was reaching down far enough. I don't know if he did it wrong or not. I replaced the switch, and it still does the same thing. It comes out, and then it makes the one turn back to back, and then it stops. Okay, so this is what I would do. Uh, I would put the game in the switch test. Mm-hmm. Then I would lift the play field up so it's like vertical and, and the front of it's resting against the, the back box. Yeah. Now, under the play field, there's a couple relays. They're going to find that there's, because there's, I believe there's actually two motors that run this thing, one that moves it forward and back and one that moves it right and left. Mm-hmm. And um, you're also going to see under the play field that there's two relays. One relay is going to control one motor. One is going to control the other. The first thing I would do is hold in the relay that moves it right to left. And just make sure that while you're holding that in and you're watching the switch test, that the switch actually, the game does see the switch actually open and close. Um, And then I would repeat that procedure for the forward and back motion and the switches involved in that. Now, if all those switches work and you still have an issue, um, actually, let me recant that. I'm like 90% sure that you've got it at least one of these switches that just isn't isn't registering in the game. And really, you've got to test it in this manner, um, because if you just manually touch the switch, it, mm-hmm. it, it, it may show up on the, on, the, on the score display in the switch test just fine, but that doesn't mean that the actual apparatus is actually going to open or close the switch. Gotcha. So if you use the relay to turn the motor on and actually do this, you'll get a much, much better view of of how the switches are operating, and it's real easy on Gottlieb's. You know, yeah. on 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 other on other manufacturers, you know, you gotta you know ground the non-banded side of the diode. Well, on 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 Gottlieb's, you can actually do it with your hand. But just be careful that you don't knock the top of the relay armature off the relay frame, um, because that's not that hard to do uh, on those uh, on those relays underneath the playfield. So, so the relay would be fairly close to the glider glass craft housing. Yeah, you the motor housing underneath the playfield. There isn't going to be a lot of a lot of relays. There's going to okay. be basically just those two because the other relays used for the game. There's a game over relay. Um, there's at least two other relays, two or three other relays. They're mounted like on the bottom panel of the game. You know, like a, gotcha. across the bottom of the cabinet. So these should be actually mounted right underneath the playfield. Um, and when you're in switch test, here's the other thing, too. You've got to make sure that all the switches are clear before you start this test. So that means you've got to take all the balls out of the game, make sure there's no balls in the trough. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, I do that anyhow anytime you lift it up. Good, you know, you good. You want that, stuff bouncing around. Exactly. And you may, if you have the game set in tournament mode, you're going to have to, to uh, once it's in switch test, turn it off tournament mode because it's going to show you tournament mode switch on because... This isn't like the Bally Williams test where it gives you that nice little matrix on the dot on the uh-huh. screen. It just shows you it flashes which which switch is closed. So you basically gotcha. want them all open, every switch open, all the every drop target up. You know nothing. You know clear all the switches before you start this test, and then well, that, it, it'll give you a, a good indication of what's going on. Well, that makes sense because it's like you always want to test a switch with a ball rather than your finger. Right. Because it'll act differently. This way I'm actually testing it with the actual motor moving side to side rather than with a finger. That's correct. That's correct. All right. Well, thank you. I'll give that a try. All right. Good luck. And uh, send, do me a favor. Send me uh, an email and let me know how it worked out. Um, you know, it's another classic Stump the Chump episode. I can, I can see go. it now. 
I'm enjoying your show. Keep it up. Okay. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. Norm, have you yes. ever played Stargate? Yes, I, I like that game. When it came out, I was playing it in arcades. 1-800. Um, a lot of people don't like that game. I, I You know, I actually think it's uh, quite a cool game. Um, I like it a lot. You know, I, I mean, God Leaps aren't, you know, considered the best. I mean, it's a progression of, the, of technology. You know, yeah. as, as, as games came up, technology advanced. That's just part of uh, the history of technology improvements. Norm, i got to run this because I really like it a lot. Hey, this is Oksana. We're in the radio top gas. Swami's this. Norm and Shaggy. Hey, this is Curb, and even hot Russian chicks love to listen to Norm and Shaggy on Top Cast. Hey, this is Oksana. You're listening to Top Cast with Norm and Shaggy. Can we get her picture? I I, I love that plug. <clears throat> I that's, do too. That's a that's my favorite one. Can we find her a picture of her? Curb, please send us a picture. Yeah, you know how we got that, don't you? Curb, send it. <laughs> oh, that's him right now. Yeah, he's gonna right kill now. us. Okay, we're gonna take this call. Hi, you're on the air with Topcast. How are you? Great. How are you? Good. And what's your first name? My first name's Tim. Tim, and where are you calling from, Tim? Gandia, Minnesota. Okay, and what kind of game do you have? I just had a general question about something else. Is it snowing out there right now? What's that? Is it snowing it? right now? Yeah, don't, aren't you guys getting a big storm? Yeah, we're getting a big storm. We're supposed to get like 16 inches of snow here. In I heard 20 inches. Two days. I heard 100 inches. <laughs> anyway, anyways. Not anyways. quite that much. Yeah. So what, uh, what kind of question do you have? Well, I just had a question about slot machines. Slot machines? I'm wondering if... Uh, if uh, this old pinball, I know they're not arcade games, but I'm just wondering if uh, you might go into uh, doing a video on them or a DVD on those, being they're kind of popular for your home game room. Well, there's a couple problems with those. There's so many different range of, uh, you know, yes. Yeah, that's the thing. There's the mechanical, you got the... Uh, yeah, it, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of information available readily out there on the internet or anything about like for schematics kind of or, you have? or uh, manuals. Yeah, what like what that. what machine do you have? I have an older IGT Aristocrat, and it's oh, that was like their first machine. Yeah, it's well, it's from '76. I I don't know when they came about. I don't know that much about Yeah, IGT is a fairly new company. What you need yeah. to do is uh, hunt down the uh, game manuals for those. And yeah, they're not that easy to find, like you said, and there's certainly no repair guides out there. The, no, the problem there's, was some, there's some uh, manuals out. You find a, there's a place out in, uh, I think it's Virginia, that sells a lot of uh, slot back glasses that are repros, and uh, there's a guys down there. I, if I can find it, I'd... Uh, let you know, but I, I know in uh, Juke, always Juke and Magazine, they had a uh, had some uh, advertisements for slots, and these guys are real helpful. Over the phone, the technician will really? you found help you someone solve that helpful. Oh my God! Yeah, I mean it was. Not, I mean I had a problem with my uh, slot, and they it was the score uh, real readers, and he had them there, and this guy was uh, was working on them in Atlantic City at Trump's Casino, and he knew exactly all those problems. He, he helped me over the phone. Sold me the real readers. I installed them, and it was like no problem whatsoever. Were they so expensive? Were, no, they were like thirty dollars each. I bought two of them, and uh, then I bought the manual from these guys. The, the self-help is there in these manuals. There, you know. But but you're right uh, to go ahead and try to fix every 
slot machine and go through all the logic on those is tough. You, you're going to have to search for some right people, and they're, they're there. It's really tough even finding anyone to help at all with these things. They're, Why don't you look for that, I think it's... Uh, it makes it even there's, worse. There's actually a couple <laughs> online forms. You can't forms. find anyone to help uh, even give you a phone number to someone else. No, yeah, nobody wants to talk to you on the phone on this problem, trust me. Um, the slot guys are real secretive. Um, it's just yeah. kind, of the, kind of the nature of the beast. Um, as a matter of fact, some of the casinos make them sign um, uh, non-disclosures where they cannot give out technical advice on slot machines. Um, so it has a very, very secretive thing to it. Also, although a lot of these guys are real old school and they just don't want to give out the information. They're not of the Internet age where information is, you know, to them, you know, should be free. So they, they tend to really keep, um, keep their lips tight. Uh, and, and don't say a lot of it. The most information I found is there's a couple online forums um, that that have some stuff on slot machines that you can you can post a question and just pray that somebody responds. Oh, um, cool. I would uh, look maybe for. Maybe I can email you and get that. Uh, if I still got it, it's been a while since I've worked on a slot. No, but I, yeah, if I got that receipt from that place, I can give you a, uh, an email. Um, what you could do in the meantime is try googling. I'm pretty sure the place is in Virginia or North Carolina. Put those okay. things down and put uh, slot repair and slot parts, and, and I bet you'll find the. Uh, you may be able to find those guys right before I can even look for. Find hey, that'd receipt. be fantastic! I will. Uh, so Google, um, Google, just general that. information. I think you can hone in on it if you're if you're good on the internet. You could probably find it within five minutes. All right. Well, good luck to you. Let us know how it works out for you. All right. Thanks a lot, Clay. Okay. Take care. Yep. Bye bye. Norm, so you like slots? Yeah, I was had a big uh, hankering for slots. I got a couple traded some games, which I probably shouldn't have, and uh, now I got two slots. It, uh, kids like playing them, like to gamble when it's illegal. It's fun. I find that the, the, the ladies love love slots. It's just part of the game room. You have a little bit of everything. You have a ball baller, you got a slot, you got some pins, you got a jukebox. You, the more the merrier. <laughs> You know, I've played Xenon a lot, and I've, she never sounds like that. No. Nope. That's and she never laughs at me like that either. 1-800. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I... I've got a break here. I'm going to clip my toenails. Huh. Well, that's kind of disgusting. With your teeth. Hi, my name is the Corn, and if I had any Oh, mind- man, I did that one already. God, I hate that. You know. don't know. Nobody's listening. Play whatever you want. Hey, this is Curb, and you're listening to Topcast with Norman Shaggy. So close that window for RGP, quit searching for that next dumpy project on Mr. Pinball, and listen up. Hey, everybody, this is Curb, and you're listening to Topcast with Norman Shaggy. So get all those questions about the games that you don't know how to fix together and call into the show, and you might get lucky enough to have them answer something correctly. I think we got a live one. Hi, you're on the air. How are you? Hi. I got a, a 1980 Black Knight, and when you light the light up above the or below the spinner, and when the ball goes up through there, it doesn't make the proper sound. You mean you get kind of the wrong sound? Is that what you mean? You get a sound, but just not the one you're expecting? Yes. Okay. You know, you what, know what, what the right sound is? It just kind of makes... I don't remember what the... 
it's been broken for a while, or it hasn't been worked right. Is that the only while, sound? So I don't know what the right sound would be. Is that the only sound that isn't correct? Yes. That seems maybe, odd. Maybe, yeah, it does seem odd. Maybe he's he's just not recognizing the sound as the as the right sound. It just kind of makes a it's just a weird sound. Okay. Um. What, what's your first name? David. David. Where are you calling from? Seattle. Seattle. Okay. Uh, first thing I would do is I'd open up, you know, take the back glass off, open up the back box. Okay. And there's a, um, you know, with the game in the track mode, you know, not in game mode, but in the track mode, okay. there's a um, there's a switch on the soundboard that when you press it, it should go through a bunch of sounds and some speech on Black Knight, and there should be no pauses in any of those sounds or speeches. Everything should kind of run together. Have you ever done that? Uh, no, we're... I got the I got the game open right now. Okay, it's in the back box. Uh, the soundboard is kind of. There's two sound. I think there's right. a motherboard on the. Soundboard. Well, on the left side of the game, you've got the CPU board on top and the driver board below. Oh, okay, okay. And then on kind of on the right side of the game, you got in the upper right corner, you got the power supply. Right. And then the soundboard should kind of be sandwiched in between these two, and it's actually a board with two parts with a ribbon cable going right. between the two parts of the board. Okay, and there should be a uh, just a momentary switch, just a something you press. Not not like don't change the dip switches or any of those things, but just right. a. Do you see it? I don't see it. Um, it should be on there. Um, There's the two switches on the on the uh, system board, but I don't see. Yeah, there's not. It's not on the system board. It's on the actual soundboard. There should be like a momentary switch that you press, and and it'll go through you know all the sounds. And and what happens is is if you get any pauses in these sounds, mm-hmm. it means that basically it's missing a bit or or a, an address line or a data line. You know, it's somewhere in the speech, and and that could be. It's usually caused by either um, if you look at the ROMs that are plugged into the board. A lot of times they the legs kind of get this black kind of tarnish on it, kind of like your mom's old silver uh, uh, silverware. Or like your teeth. You're like Norm's teeth, because he has metal teeth. Um, metal silver teeth, because he was too cheap to get gold. Um, you know, they'll, they'll tarnish, and sometimes... It's stainless steel, for God's sake. <laughs> so they just dent. So anyways, what you can often what you can do is you can order new, new ROMs, new EPROMs. That okay. would be one solution. The next solution is you can actually take the ROMs out and kind of lightly sand uh, with a fine sandpaper, you know, like a, a 600 grit or a 400 grit sandpaper, sand the legs if they have any tarnishing on them. If they don't have any tarnishing on them, don't mess with them. But I guess the danger to that is, is if they have tarnishing on them, a lot of times they're in, they're in the process of deteriorating, and, and sometimes you can break a leg off. But if you're going to buy new EPROMs anyways, I guess, you know, you haven't really lost a lot. Sure. Well, it's sandblasting. Yeah, you, that's it. You can run over them with your car, too, says Norm. Drag them behind your car um, through a, a, a sandy road. Um, but you really, that, that that switch on the soundboard is really what you got to find. There's, there, it's on there somewhere unless unless it's been broken off, um, which probably isn't common, but it, it doesn't happen. Okay. But um, you really need to listen. It. And it'll say do both sound and speech. It'll say, like, uh, it won't sound all that coherent, but it'll say black, night, fight, now, your mother, 
He's ugly. He's Where's, a man. He's a man. He's a man. Wears army boots. It'll say stuff like that. It'll sound real sputtered like that, but there'll be no spaces between any of the sounds or any of the any of the uh, speech. Okay. So I would check that. Also, the ribbon cable that goes between the speech board and the sound board. Sometimes those go bad. Those aren't so easy to replace because on one side of them, um, it's soldered into the board. The other side, it's removable. You could also try reseating the removable side, just kind of pulling it out and pushing it back on. You could try that uh, on the ribbon cable. Um, you know, try all those things because the way the way it works is that it sends. When the spinner spins, the CPU board sends a number of bits from the board to the soundboard, and then the soundboard interprets those. And if any one of those bits is missing, you get the wrong sound. Okay. Um, and it may not show up for any other sound. It depends on the bit. Um, but it, it typically it shows up with other sounds being problems, too. But not always. It just depends. Okay. But, you know, give that a whirl and send me an email at shaggy at marvin3m.com and let me know how it turned out. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Well, good luck to you. Okay. All right. Take care. Boy, we could be right a lot or wrong a lot next week. You know, Norm, I I got a feeling that we might be wrong a lot. That's okay. Okay. Well, Norm, that's it. That's another episode of Popcat. Did you have It's over? Oh, my God. It's an hour, Norm. How long do you want it to go on? Forever? I think this is about as much as people want of us. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd like to plug, we're going to have uh, another uh, Thursday night show coming up uh, with some uh, interesting interviews. And, um, you know, on the weekends, we try and maintain this format for these shows. So it's been a lot of fun, Norm. You got anything else to close with? Yeah, we should give some Kiska topics. But maybe we should do that when the Kiss video comes out. Yeah, maybe we should do that. 